because a lot of people will see a fact and it'll catch their eye and they won't even source it from anything or like check if it's credible and they'll just share it because they think it's an interesting fact or it's something exciting or something terrifying. Hey 4-H'ers and thank you for joining us for our 4-H Ontario podcast. I'm Sheena, the communications manager at 4-H Ontario. And I'm Emma, the communications assistant. And you are now listening to For Your Information, the first ever 4-H Ontario podcast. Where you get an FYI for all things 4-H Ontario. This month at 4-H Ontario, we are focusing on our critical thinking skills. As a result of the COVID-19 pandemic, everyone has had to live through extremely, and dare I say, unprecedented times. With that comes this overwhelming need to create some sort of resolution to our lives or our circumstances, which also means that there's an even larger chance of miscommunication and misinformation, especially in our very dynamic digital landscape, where every individual can share their opinions with just a click of a button. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us. This month, we're talking about critical thinking with 4-H Ambassador Caitlin Kolb. Thanks for joining us, Caitlin. So, Caitlin, we're just going to, I guess, ask you some questions. You can ask us some questions, and then we can kind of see what happens. How have you been involved with checking the news during the pandemic? Has it been an everyday kind of thing, or do you try and stay away from it as much as you can? I guess I passively check the news I don't think you can really stay away from it when you look at your phone I always get those notifications pop new news article or my parents have it on the tv at home but I can't say I've been actively checking it unless there's something new that changes if there's a new new lockdown or something I always look up the regulations it's kind of crazy because I remember when the pandemic kind of first hit before there was a name for it, I found myself checking the news constantly. I was looking and trying to anticipate what the next update was going to be, what our next move as an organization was going to be. And then I remember reading an article one day and someone had called it doom scrolling. And I was like, wow, that's really appropriate because you are, you're just looking for the next piece of potentially bad news at that point. Um, and so I had to kind of make a conscious choice to be selective as to when and where I get my news from. You can't escape it. it even if you're not actively looking for it, you're going to find it somewhere. Someone's going to have some piece of information that you didn't know it's going to scare you or it's going to make you relieved. And you, it's it's hard to not fall into the trap of all of this news coming at you. Like, what else are you supposed to do? Do you guys find the same thing? I find like one of the first conversations I have over the course of my afternoon is, have you heard what the numbers are today? Yeah, definitely. I even went to the dentist the other week and that's the first thing the hygienist said to me. I was like, have you seen the cases for today? And that's all we had to really talk about. When you meet with people or see people, it's the first thing you talk about. It's the last thing you talk about. When you're saying the same thing over and over again, like, I'm so frustrated. I just want this to be over. When we can hang out again, let's do this. Yeah. Oh, cases are up today. Yeah. Cases are down today. I find it really hard often to determine what source of news is credible. And I find if I'm not careful, it's really easy to get led down a path of misinformation, especially with social media. And I mean, that was an ongoing problem before the pandemic. 
now with the pandemic, there's, you know, all these memes and posts where things are really stated as fact. I don't know, where, where do you guys get, uh, like, where do you get your credible news from? For me, I kind of go off what we're always taught in school that if I do see information somewhere, I'll research it. And if you can't find it um, on more than like two or three sources, then don't rely on it. But if you search up what you saw, whether it was on social media or on the news, if you look it up and you see a whole bunch of different articles from different sources that are saying the same thing, then it's most likely a credible source. So that's something I'll always do if I'm wondering whether something's true or not, just Google it and simply look at how many different sources there are. There's a couple of other um, people that specialize in infectious disease and they've been really, really present on Twitter. And I think it's been neat to see different viewpoints of how the data is interpreted. I agree with you, Caitlin. I think, you know, check, checking your sources, making sure it's on multiple it's on multiple media outlets, that's going to be a big indicator of what is clearly just purely anecdotal and what is valid medical advice. Yeah, I guess it all comes down to like find someone you trust. My brother's in school to be a pharmacist right now. So if I have any questions, I'll just text him because I, I trust his opinion and I know he knows what he's talking about. So I can kind of rely on him to to give me the honest truth about it. Where does everyone think that the most incorrect information comes from. I definitely say your social media that you just scroll through in the morning, like when you're not actively looking for information, whether it's Twitter or TikTok or Instagram, because a lot of people will see a fact and it'll catch their eye and they won't even source it from anything or like check if it's credible and they'll just share it because they think it's an interesting fact or it's something exciting or something terrifying and they'll share it and everyone if everyone else keeps doing that and reading it before checking that it's credible that's how misinformation gets spread so quickly everyone has a platform on social media so if you give someone a voice to say something they're gonna say it and it may or may not be true but they have the channel and if they're lucky the people who will listen to them so it can potentially be dangerous when you have a lot of people trusting you especially in the world of like influencers um, and bloggers. There are so many people out there claiming to be experts on the subject matter, but I could see people approaching that in a really dangerous way and making it, you know, not showing an unbiased approach to how they put things out there. I know people are doing it. We've seen it a lot with the rules around travel, um, people interpreting the rules as however suits them best and educating other people on how to get around things. It's just, it's really uh, an interesting and dangerous time. Yeah, you do see that a lot with social media. People try and claim that they're experts at things so that they can gain that following. And it ends up being potentially dangerous. I know um, skincare on TikTok, let's say, is has become this huge thing. And people will jump on these trends and do things that other people are doing because this person with a million followers is telling them that this is exactly what you need to do for your skin. And there's loads of problems with that, not to mention that everyone has different skin and what works for them is not going to work for you necessarily. And if they don't know what they're talking about, you're going to do something harmful. So it's, it's interesting to see how, how much someone's opinion can be taken as credible because they have that following. So considering kind of the things that we've discussed, maybe we can each give our top piece of advice to someone who 
we believe is getting their information from an incredible source. That would be kind of what I said before. I think that make sure you're checking your facts and not only getting it from one source, because if it's only coming from one, it may not be true. Whereas it's more likely to be true if you can get that information from more than one source. So definitely just checking and making sure before you share information that may or may not be credible. I think my my piece of advice is to maybe recognize that what you believe may not necessarily be the truth and be open to learning new things. And I think that that goes a lot, a long way to critical thinking because we tend to come to the table with a lot of really deeply ingrained thoughts and beliefs about things. Um, but if you're, if you're really, you know, capable of good critical thinking, that also applies to your own uh, belief system as well. So, um, you know, keeping an open mind and, and just being willing to explore other points of view will probably lead you down a good path. With that in mind, we found a really great article. It's from TEDx and it is written by Lisa DeBracchio and it's five tips to improve your critical thinking skills. Uh, so the first tip they give you is, and actually we're gonna post this, uh, we'll post this on the blog as well. So it's a resource if people wanna access it. But the first tip is to formulate your question. Uh, and it says it's not always a super easy thing to do. So think really hard about what it is you want to find out and why you want to know it. And then gather your information. Uh, as per Caitlin's advice, there's a lot of information out there. So compare your sources and make sure you're getting it from a credible place uh, and consider the implications. So this was an interesting one that I hadn't thought about. Uh, so they, they have a really great example about election time and why certain promises might be biased at certain times or certain facts might be biased at certain times. And then the fifth tip is to explore other points of view. So much like I said before, make sure that you're keeping an open mind and be willing to go down a different road if that seems to be the credible, logical place. Yeah, that's another big one. Can, like consider why someone might be saying something like take all the information into account before you blindly believe what someone's going to say and you can take that into every aspect of your life obviously not just now during the pandemic but uh for example with your friends like can consider why they would say something like that to you if it hurt your feelings maybe they're dealing with some something that would make them say something like that to you so i have another question um and caitlin maybe this is best directed at you how do you approach critical thinking in school? Um, not just in sort of research, but just in how you're learning and um, is it something that's sort of encouraged or something that you find you do naturally? I think that it's encouraged, which has like led me to do it naturally is because we've always been kind of taught that anytime we're doing assignments or research to always make sure your source is credible and to always question everything you're being told, even if it's from a professor I remember in high school being told like just because they're a professor and they are supposed to know everything and be the expert that doesn't mean that everything they say is true so like if you're ever questioning something go back and get more facts and if it's wrong then go up and tell them because a lot of the times people won't realize when they're giving you misinformation so if you can take it into your own hands to be proactive about it and look up the correct facts a lot of the time people will learn from you and just because someone's supposed to be an expert in something doesn't mean that they do have all the facts and you still could teach them something too and do you think that those same sort of rules apply to kids that are in 4-h 
Yeah, definitely. Like whether it's a kid that's taking a club or learning something or at a camp and they're being taught something and it's not something they believe in and they have different opinions that you're always allowed to express your opinion, talk and critically think about what you're being taught. Because a lot of the time you will be teaching, whether it's the leader or the people running the camp, you can also teach them something new. Do you think that being a 4 hr has made you a better critical thinker? Yes. <laughs> I feel like it has taught me to just not really believe everything that I'm told right away and to question things. Like I didn't grow up in 4-H and I, I wish I had because I meet 4-Hers and they're, they're good at asking those questions. And I, I think that maybe some of it stems from like the idea of the judge, the judging mm-hmm. portion of 4-H and the meeting, like being able to run a, a meeting and stuff. There's a sense of confidence, I think, that comes out of that. And I think critical thinking often is about being able to voice your discomfort with something in a respectful way. I think mm-hmm. people, a lot of the time, might picture it as debate, but doesn't necessarily have to be confrontational. For sure. That is a good point. Like, with anytime you're judging in a meeting or attending a judging competition, like, nothing, there is no right answer, even though at the end you're given the results of what the judge considered to be the right answer in the right order of the class that you're judging, as long as you can back up your opinion and explain why you think it's the way you ordered it, you still can get good marks or win the judging competition, even though you had it in the wrong order, as long as you can explain why and why you think that way. I thought that was really cool the first time I witnessed the judging process and how how it was done. Like it really blew me away. I was never formally taught to think that way. So I think that it's a really neat part of 4-H and that ability to justify any any position really like you said it doesn't have to be the same as what the judge decrees to be the winner Um, but just being able to really justify your position on something is interesting I find myself sometimes whether like even outside of 4-H and whether it's getting into a little bit of an argument with my brother or a friend even like backing up my information the way I was kind of taught at judging competition and knowing that if I have those facts that I can argue my side a lot better. So definitely transfers over from 4-H into the real world. It demonstrates a lot of initiative to be able to take that step and advocate for yourself. I think that that's really important for you to be able to advocate for for your beliefs and why why you think that you deserve it. And it's, it's really interesting to kind of flex your critical thinking skills and the only other thing I can think about right now is like talk to a, an adult if you're unsure about the information you're reading because it's okay. it's likely that uh, they have a little bit more information and um, experience with that kind of stuff and they'll be able to help you out. That's a really good tip and maybe too that we can remember that as adults um, we are those trusting caring adults in a lot of young people's lives. And they do look to all of us as leaders or people that have the answers. So demonstrating, you know, whether you're a parent or a volunteer or staff or a youth leader or an ambassador, (laughs) there's so many ways where we have an opportunity to demonstrate good critical thinking. And hopefully that helps to set future 4-Hers up on the right path. And, and just young people in general. Critical thinking about critical thinking. 
that's it <laughs> podcast over <laughs> that's the result if you want to be featured on the next episode or if you have a topic you'd like to discuss reach out to emma digital at 4hontario.ca please if you're struggling with anything and you would like to talk to someone reach out and get help you can call the kids help phone at 1-800-668-6888 or text 686868 Thanks for listening to FYI, the 4-H Ontario podcast. Make sure you join us as we learn to do by doing and for tips, tricks, and all things 4-H.